0: Welcome to comment section before we get into the theme song I want you all to know that this is part two of an episode where we review and talk about the Batman the 2022 movie starring none other than Robert Pattinson as the Batman himself Um, which you should already know that and know some of our first thoughts about it by listening to the first episode if you haven't listened to that I think it's kind of bizarre that you're listening to this one right now there's honestly no benefit for you listening to this one first. So you should go right on over to part one, listen to, uh, yeah, episode 80 of comment section, and then come back and listen to this one. Or if you're, uh, you know, listening to them in order, like a regular person who can, uh, you know, know knows that 80 comes before 81, uh, then you're in the right place. So... Know that after the theme song, and it's going to be all spoilers, we are back into it with our review of The Batman.
1: All right. This needs to be brought up. It needs to be brought up. Batman talks about how he's been Batman for two years now, right? Mm-hmm. Okay. Okay. If he's been around for Bat, as Batman for 2 years, this would be year 3, not year 2.
0: Did they call it year 2? I
1: I swear I think I remember him saying he's been Batman for 2 years, but he's writing in a journal year 2.
0: I didn't but, notice that. Yeah. But uh, I'm just he like, this he is actively year three. Yeah, what he act what I know he says is 2 years of this or something along those lines like yeah, so doing I mean, this, this for 2 year, years. Yeah. You're correct. That this is year 3. I
1: think I don't not,
0: remember him. Yeah, you might be right, but
1: thinking in notebook he writes like year 2. And I'm just like this isn't year 2. This is year 3 then.
0: Unless it's like the end of year 2, which would be a very charitable way to look at it by me. But yeah, yes. you're right that
1: I'm not just saying if he completed this. This 2 years, fact. it's year 3. Yeah. Yes. It also bothers me whenever like I watch a TV show and they say something happened seven years ago, which would have been during season one, I'm like, no, wouldn't it have been six years ago? Because you wouldn't have count the first one as year one or whatever. Or or whatever. Like, in season like seven of Arrow, they'll say something happened seven years ago. I'm like, no, that would have been six years ago. You're just counting yeah. the seasons.
2: But- yeah, yeah.
1: It's just, I'm not just saying that as an angry fan. I'm just saying that these are facts.
0: Yeah, you just gotta gotta say it, because it's true. All
1: right, let's talk about the opening scene, which, to me, was a a rough start. Like, is this how the whole movie's going to be? Oh, God. Mm -hmm. The opening scene, which is, we see Riddler's point of view of the mayor through the window with Avi Marie playing the whole time. Which I think um, they had in. I don't remember. I think in Gotham, that was used as a. Pl- the song was used as a plot point for um, Fish Mooney to capture Falcone, but I don't 100% remember. But we have it where they're playing Avi Marie. And we spend so much time looking through Riddler's point of view. It's like they were like. All right, guys, we got the rights to the song. We're going to play that whole damn song. And we're going to listen to it all. I'm just like, guys, come on. And just like, what did that scene really serve? What did that moment of spending all that time looking through Riddler's POV accomplish? If anything, what would have been more, I guess, of a surprising or shocking entrance would have been if we started in the mayor's apartment. And that's where we first see Riddler. But Mm-hmm. Any kind of shock of like Riddler being there has already gone away because we've spent so much time looking through his point of view. I just i I thought that again, that is a scene that could have easily been cut. You cut stuff like this. you cut twenty minutes from the movie. so mm-hmm. to me that that opening that perfectly says so many the pacing issues with yeah. this movie. So what'd you think about yeah. not the murder of the mayor, but Riddler's mm-hmm. POV with Avi Marie playing.
0: You know, it's you—you kind of got me here because you know <laughs> what? I barely remember this, and when I rewatched this movie, you know what I did? I was <laughs> like, "Man, I really want to watch this again." And without thinking, I fast-forwarded to the tram scene where <laughs> oh, <yes. laughs> I—that was the start of the movie <laughs> to me. Um, I think. Th- there, it, It's a long beginning. The best part, I thought the Riddler was like genuinely scary reveal in that, uh, in his apartment. Like but imagine
1: that, how much scary it would have been if you hadn't had all that building <laughs> wasted.
0: Yeah. And I actually agree with that now that you say it completely. That just like, whoa, there's a man in there. Like, yes. that would have just like completely uninitiated. Like, that's the first thing that hits you. In like this I movie, it okay, would have been great. Well,
1: he's going to be in that apartment. Like, I knew exactly when he was going to pop up. hmm So. Yeah, yeah, I actually
0: agree. That would have been stronger. I really don't feel like... Like, to me, the tram scene feels like kind of the prelude. Like, it feels like a good opener. And then when the Nirvana yeah. song kicks in, that's the movie. You're in they,
1: That could have been, like, a cooler opening. Like, if it had opened with the tram scene, then we cut to the mayor... Game murdered, then we cut to the opening with, yeah. um, you know, Bruce. I think he goes back to the Batcave afterwards, but if you shuffle that around, it could have been a much more like attention grabber. Yeah. Yeah, that tram scene was awesome. That was a might have been my favorite action scene in the movie.
0: Yeah, really, it was great.
1: Yes, so I. This one, I'm a little struggling on what to think about. If it's a positive or negative. Hmm. It's the opening narration we have of Batman narrating. Okay. Because on one hand, this movie took a lot from the long Halloween and Batman year one. Two of my favorite comics. And Batman's narration is prevalent throughout that movie. And I I appreciate, like, oh, I see where he's getting that from. I appreciate that. Mm-hmm. I think some of the lines might have been lifted from the comics themselves. But, I don't know. It, part of me, is like, it felt a little corny seeing it in live action. I don't For me, like, narr- kind of voiceover narration for that, for me, has really only worked with Spider-Man. Yeah. Like, I don't know. I just... On one hand, I'm like, I appreciate the comic accuracy. But on the other hand, I'm just like, it's just a little corny. I don't know. So I, gotcha. I don't know how, like, in Arrow, they did it for the first, first three episodes, and I was so glad they got rid of it. I I, I don't know how to feel about it. I, yeah. I just don't know how to feel about it. So what do you think?
0: I, yeah, I will say I'm generally probably not a fan of uh like narration um as like a way to unless it's done super right I actually one of the most recent movies I saw uh which was called Lords of Chaos it was kind of a, a biopic it doesn't matter but um it had narration describing a lot of stuff and it's like I get why they're doing it cuz there's a lot going on like it's based on something that happened in real life and they had to kind of explain all this background but it felt really corny, um, especially coming from the character it was coming from. Yeah, um, and it, so it is generally something I don't like. However, in general, though, the elite, in the Batman, the this when uh, he, I mean, it's not just the narration, but the whole scene—him first following him, him going into the Batcave. And narrating and getting us up to speed, it's a really strong positive for me of this movie. I think that to me, this really set the tone of the movie and let me know what I was getting into. Um, They didn't overdo it with narration through the whole movie. It was just I liked that it was bookended by narration. Um, You like you get to see. For a character who says so little throughout it, it was nice to get, like, some inner mind stuff, like, just to understand motivations and feelings a little bit more. Over, like, it was, it was just such an immersive, I, I think more than the narration, I was focused on the immersion of that scene as a mechanism to get you eased into the movie like I mean I I really can't I just I don't know what it I really think that that Nirvana song was like such a perfect choice (laughs) I don't know why it's just like he, he absolutely nailed it on like finding just a random like rock song that is like somehow perfectly works for this batman movie i just don't even it it was such a perfect tone setter and then you hear the like uh uh i mean mentioning the score like the score i thought was so great because you hear the like um the reflections the repetition the repeating of like that those chord pattern patterns throughout the movie at certain times and the fact that it was bookended by narration with that song playing at the beginning and narration with that song playing at the end, um, like, I don't think I would have been primed to like it as much as I did without that. And that's just the truth. <laughs> I just, it, it could, it is a little corny, but I just felt myself being like, I I feel like, I, that that allowed me to be to be um unironic about my enjoyment of it. Uh, like that I would embrace the corniness, um, some of the broodingness, which sometimes I'm unwilling to do. And <laughs> I was just I, it just worked for me. oh, yes. Yeah. so yeah,
1: i I don't know how I feel about the opening <laughs> narration all right so let's talk about this this is another this scene really pops up to me as another pacing issue that this movie had let's talk about how very polite batman was at the iceberg lounge when trying to get in (laughs) because here's what happens i wrote it down all right here's what happens batman knocks on the door waits for a response door opens Then he has to see the penguin. Person shuts the door and Batman just sits there waiting longer. Then door opens and there's a second person at the door saying that he can't see penguin. Now Batman ever so polite gives them a final warning like, Hey, let me in or I'm going to fight you. Then he waits for their response and then he fights them. And my God, even the most polite batman of all adam west knew when it was time to crash through a window it was just like (laughs) why why are we spending so much time on this it just was like stuff like this is like why is this movie taking so damn long it just i I, to me that was like a moment that really stood out like my god the pacing in this movie is Mm -hmm. awful so oh did that scene stand out to you or did you prefer um, more polite Batman. A Batman who would say, thank you. <laughs> and maybe you can take my cape and yeah. wash it out and, you know, get the rain out of it because I don't want it to shrink.
0: Yeah. I think for this one, I'm going to have to say I do prefer it. I uh, That first scene in the movie, I would agree is a pacing issue and could be cut. Uh, I think this maybe is more of an example of what I'm talking about, of how I like... That it eases you into this new setting. Um, you know, it just doesn't you know cut us in now we're in a party. Uh, it, it It's sort of the door is open to this new setting. You get a little glimpse, you hear a little bit of the music quietly. And i it's an example of how this movie sometimes just likes to let the audience just ruminate on what might happen next uh and so like like you said like closing the door on Batman and then we're waiting with Batman while he goes to get someone like that's not a typical movie choice you'd normally no. cut that that's i admit that that is you would normally cut the main character waiting for someone to come back to the door absolutely but that's the kind of thing that's refreshing to me because um, it, those are the kinds of things that um, allow some of the other like setting and world building things to kind of just sink in. Um, and I mean, that's really all you can say for stuff like that. I mean, there's some comedic relief there with timing and stuff, but I think it's better for just the the um, the um world building.
1: Uh, if you say so. But I just, I can't help <laughs> but just think, my God, you could have cut so much had you just had Batman crash through the opening of a window and either he fights the gang or he just would pop up. Like Penguin goes in the office and he just pops up kind of like the Riddler did in that opening scene. It was just like, why are we spending so much time on this? It just... It removed the mm-hmm. cool aspect of Batman, who just pops up.
0: Yeah. Yeah, I mean, he wasn't exactly the knight. He was uh, a neighbor <laughs> knocking on the door. Yes. Um,
1: Asking to borrow some sugar.
0: But I do think, I, I mean, I thought it was interesting that it was just, like... It, 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 it may be added to the detective noir kind of thing because he was like, one option is to just go ask if I can see him um, like a detective would.
1: I don't know. I find it a little hard to believe that the dude who beat up the people at the subway and said, I'm vengeance, would mm-hmm. just stand there so politely yeah. and, and just be like, I, no, I'm trying to stop the Riddler. I will wait for you, Penguin. I will wait
0: but (laughs) yeah, Um, it is
1: what it is.
0: Maybe there are no windows.
1: Oh, then that's, that's another reason to get in there. up fire code or whatever. (laughs) Yeah. All right. Let's talk about Batman Catwoman's relationship. Their relationship felt completely unearned and just kind of happened. And it felt like they just came together because they were just kind of there. It's like Batman's (laughs) like, Oh, She wears a mask, too? Oh, I think I like this. I think I can trust her. We both wear masks. And maybe her parents are dead, too. But it just felt like any romantic relationship they had, just it never felt earned. I never would. It just why Batman starts working with her in the first place. It just was just like, oh, she's there. Well, why not? Eh, she's there. Why not? It just, I never felt like, why is he working with Catwoman, the cat burglar? It just kind of just randomly happened. And, you know, for yeah. being such a great version of Catwoman, I don't know, it just was like, okay, it just happened. So,
2: mm-hmm.
0: yeah, I, I feel like maybe this Batman was like, it It, it felt like at least at first, the only justification for them communicating at all was that there was, like, some information that, uh... Like, he was just like, this might be a good way to get information. Maybe he sees something in her that she could be an asset. Um, but, um... Yeah, I mean, I would agree. I I don't think I was ultimately that compelled by their relationship. And, um... nor do I necessarily have to be yet. Um, I mean, all the more reason, like I said, to bring Catwoman back in all of them, so there's more time to explore this. Um, But ultimately, it did feel, you know, it was almost, it was like a little awkward. Like, they didn't know each other that well. Um, It felt like they just had to work together. Um, But ultimately, yeah, it's another thing in this movie that it's like nothing to write home about, but it didn't ruin anything for me particularly. All right. Now, this is a
1: quick little thing. And before I bring up another issue I had.
0: For a movie that was
1: supposed to be dark and serious, the scene after Batman punches Gordon, I'm sorry, the scene where he runs through the Gotham Police Department and his costume looks so corny. It was just like, wow, this looks like he's dressed up for Halloween. I don't know. It just, the the way it was shot or whatever, and the way he ran, even the way his cape flew, which I guess isn't their fault, but it just it looks so corny. And my God, when he decided to glide off of the Gotham Police Department building, that was such an ugly suit he wore. That felt like it was just there to sell toys
0: or something. Like, I don't think it was there to sell toys because I think everyone could agree that that was ugly. Like um it was was, what I but that I respected it because it seemed to me like a choice that they made to be like what if Batman was trying to realistically like come up with something to survive a huge fall, like it wouldn't necessarily look cool. (laughs) Like it looked extremely uncool. Yeah, but Batman stopped being
1: realistic when he didn't die his first night.
0: Yeah. Um, For some reason, this contraption made sense in this version of this, like, more grounded Gotham and Batman situation. Uh, Like, that just... Both of those things just made sense in this world to me. That he... uh, you know, can survive a bomb uh, because the suit is strong, but also the only way he can fall safely is with a giant garbage bag.
1: Yes, I guess so <laughs> anyway, it's I mean, not uh, big issues, but it's just
0: like I do wow. want to mention. Like that's not my 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 favorite. Uh, what is my favorite part of in one of my standout scenes? I do like his uh, interaction with the cops and the absolute just hatred in that back and forth argument and Jim Gordon tr- trying to calm them all down and uh, Batman not making uh, things easier for them by basically saying F the police to their face and just making things really uh, hard for Jim Gordon to keep under control. I liked their smart solution a lot of like, let me talk to him alone and then I mean, the dedication of, like, I'm going to punch you in the face so you you don't get any of the blame for this, that dedication, that was a cool scene. I I highly liked Jim Gordon getting punched in the face.
1: I have to say, in the trailers, that was a scene I was really looking forward to. But if I'm going to be honest, it was a little bit ruined because that was a scene I felt especially it got hard to understand what Robert Pattinson was saying. And at some moments, got a little Christian Bale like. Like,
0: it yeah, was. Yeah, no, I think you're right.
1: To, yeah, to me, that was a tough to understand. Maybe. I
0: do. Yeah, I do think it was a little hard. I just, he was angry.
1: <laughs> yes. In a way, I guess it's kind of all you need to know. Just read the body language.
0: Yeah, like he's escalating things. That's kind of just what I got from that scene is yeah. that, like, Batman could be de escalating, but he really doesn't care to de-escalate right now he's in fact he's escalating things and making everyone more on edge uh because he's not in a good place right now clearly
1: oh no so let's bring this up this is another big issue i had with the movie this movie is a detective story right Mm -hmm. batman and gordon are terrible detectives and really solve nothing nothing in the movie (laughs) which is a problem that's for a movie to my that's supposed to be a detective story.
0: That's to my point of the failure uh, that they failed at the, ultimately at the end.
1: Yeah, but like like in the Well, movie, no, I was
0: saying, like the yeah. I yeah. was not saying that as a positive. I was agreeing with you. So.
1: Yeah. So like in the movie Batman and Gordon are so confident that Penguin is the informant of Falcone. They go, they interrogate him, they learn, "Oh wait, he's not the informant." What? what it wasn't penguin
2: <laughs> yeah
1: and the main thing the main thing we were supposed he, the whole thing was like batman's gonna solve the riddler thing he never solves it he never solves the mystery of the riddler riddler mm-hmm. turns himself in and there's a phone call about it i mean it was like a mystery that led to nothing like they never solve anything like it was so yeah. just like why what was the point of that like if you want to be a detective story be a detective but it just was like really it was such a that moment where we found riddler turned himself in was so anticlimactic i was just like really matt the whole reason it took you five years to make this movie was it was a detective story and it really isn't a detective story
0: um, I have uh, there are two things in there that I can respond to, and one is you mentioned my um, my my number two, and it is a number two. Uh, my other and maybe my biggest complaint of the movie is the fact that like just how dumb they seemed that <laughs> yeah. that that they went after the penguin so hard without like trying to. Like, when they first said, um, like, rat with wings, I was like, kind of sounds like Batman. Yeah. It's like, they could have thought of that. Um, and then you're kind of on Penguin's side a little. It's like, are you idiots? Yeah. It's Batman. And then it's like, okay, so this car scene was for them to meet the Penguin and for him to go, you guys are idiots. Um... And there's a moment where you just imagine, I don't remember the scene, like what happens
1: afterwards. Like I just imagine Batman just turned to Gordon and just being like, Oh crap. Maybe
0: he's not the or something." Oh no. Jim Gordon. Uh, I, yeah, I just saw the scene. Jim Gordon s- says, um, he turns to Batman and says, could that be, do you think, do you, uh do you think we got something wrong here or something like yes,
2: that?
1: that that's, honestly, that sounds like something out of a, out of a like Brooklyn nine, nine or
0: something yeah i mean i i would also call that maybe that's like this movie didn't have i mean it was for, for a long time i've been saying i like humor and i think in movies uh and i prefer it but i think i'm officially drained of it and the mcu did that to me i think i'm finally there where i'm oh sick i of,
1: think a lot of people are there
0: yeah i'm i'm fully there i i
1: I and mean, we won't talk about it now, but I am curious if you saw the Thor four
0: trailer because we can get that in that the I Spider Man yet. one. Um, but anyway, I I felt like the closest thing that this movie had to any comedic relief at all was kind of this interaction with the penguin. Um, I mean it ended with him waddling away, so that's like really the closest thing to anything sort of goofy or ironic in in this movie. Um, so it wasn't overdone or anything. Um. So this was my least favorite thing in the movie, and so the way I've had to justify it is like that it is a little funny just how bad they effed up. <laughs> um, so I have to justify it in my brain a little bit. On the, the other hand, this is the other thing I was uh, going to respond to, and one of the things I see as a totally valid type of story, and something that uh, also isn't for everyone. And I somehow find a way to bring this up in every episode. Dear God. Okay. You know what I'm going to say, maybe. And that is one of the complaints that people had about The Last Jedi was that there was a (laughs) long segment, a long uh, part of the plot that ended up being useless because they were ultimately caught by the the first order. Uh, with um, the casino uh, planet the, thing, e- e-
1: was that? Uh, no, it was
0: the escape. The escape sequence with um, uh, they had BB. I think it involved DJ, who was my least favorite part of that entire movie. Oh yeah, um, he was awesome. But it isn't. Um, I didn't like that character. I'm fine with like the scenes leading up to that and the like lesson of failure that that movie has and like so there's a whole escape scene and at the end of it they were about to escape and there's the first order and they get caught anyway and so i think a lot of people were upset by that scene but um i never had a problem with it in that because there's like a point to that and i think that's kind of the same in this movie that um uh, like the amateurness, the, the 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 ultimate like ending and failure is part of the point and part of the bleakness of the whole thing. And while most detective stories definitely involve some kind of like wits and like absolute triumph in the end, because they just outsmarted the bad guys and the mystery was solved. Um, like they, they, at the end, there's a climax where it's like, aha, and now I've got you um, because I know exactly what you're doing and I'm stopping your plan. Like there's a big reveal in a lot of mysteries like that. Um, however, there is a mystery detective movie that, basically has the same lesson and feeling and conclusion and uh, middle part, which is seven once again, which I honestly wonder if, uh, if you ever wanted to watch that movie, you might be surprised at uh, how much it shares because well, um, some, because
1: tell me this movie is nothing, but we spent five years waiting for our knockoff of seven.
0: A little bit. But, um, well, I'll I'll mention a couple of the main things that I see as um, very similar. The thing, the takeaway at the end of Seven, it has a twist that is probably one of the most famous movie twists, honestly. Um, Not as ubiquitous as like a Sixth Sense dead the whole time, but it really is one of the most famous movie twists. And this whole movie is kind of just leading up to this twist. It's one of those movies. and. Uh, I won't say what the twist is, but ultimately when the credits roll, you realize that the detectives, the two smart detectives trying to figure out this serial killer and capture him completely failed. They were outsmarted by the serial killer. And that's like really, it's part of what makes it such a good movie is it's really, it's really like dark in that way. Here's the other thing that that movie does that's so similar to this. A little over halfway through, the serial killer killing people off one by one turns himself in. Oh, and wow. uh, part of the the reason this is interesting in both movies, I think, is because the anticlimax of the villain turning themselves in, and you're just like, oh. So they're trying to catch the villain, and they didn't because they they didn't catch the villain because they were smart followed clues and found him and grabbed him and took him uh and stopped him no the villain just turned himself in so all of this researching for clues like becomes a waste of time and the the, the the this the killer almost has this like one up on them that like yeah you couldn't even catch me i had to turn myself in um but the biggest thing that does is ease everybody into thinking it's over, like in the audience and the characters. And uh, the biggest thing, the biggest bad thing, no one suspects because he's already in prison. So that's kind of uh, the interesting thing to me is um, like... uh, (laughs) Thinking that they've done it, they've saved the day, and ultimately the villain has one more big plan uh, to kind of close the whole thing out. Um, And so I guess it's just like it's a weird thing where, like, anticlimax and like reversal of expectations can be a pretty good way to tell a story. And I, to me, in the case of the Batman, it works. um, It's not the most classic type of detective film type thing. Um, But it, it also is. It also is something found in other, in other media. It's just not the most common type of detective story. It's um, a little more transgressive, I think.
1: Oh, yes. So, I don't know. Maybe if, like, the if what had happened before, I think, had been well executed, maybe it wouldn't have bothered me as much. But because I wasn't a fan of what they did ahead of time, it's like, really? Really? That's where we're going now? Mm-hmm. So, yeah. So, let's talk about Alf- this problem I had with Alfred's role in the movie. So... Alfred, um, in the movie, he gets, uh, I think, a package from the Riddler and it explodes. And Alfred's in the hospital. And we think, oh, my God, is Alfred dead? And this really shows how under underused he was earlier in the movie because we had spent so little time with this Alfred ahead of time. Like, honestly, any emotion you would have had in that moment of, Alfred possibly being dead or Bruce going to see Alfred in the hospital is not because of this Alfred, it's because of other versions of Alfred we've seen like Michael Goff's or Michael Kane's or Jeremy Irons it just was it just felt like any emotion uh, again, it felt a little bit like a cheat Like any emotion was not from this version, it was from other versions so I just thought like for a movie that is like so overstuffed they really didn't do much with Alfred and then that scene kind of becomes meaningless like there's no emotional impact like I know it wanted to have so what do you think about I guess the way I guess how did the thought of Alfred being in jeopardy impact you from seeing the way his role was in the film
0: I mean, in its serving of the plot, uh, in a zoomed-out scale, I like it because, um, like, uh, you know, it it is a very literal. Like, this bomb was meant for for um, Batman, and like, uh, it kind of gives this feeling of guilt. Uh, to Batman, that you know, he put him in that situation, and all Alfred is ever trying to do is help. Like, there's emotions packed into there, but I would, I would agree that, like, there wasn't really enough time to really drive it home. Um, like, I think as the audience, you understand what you're supposed to feel and why this is a big deal. Um, but I don't know that, like, there understandably there wasn't quite enough there to make you like. I don't, I don't know. To me, like, they didn't have like, for example, like three whole movies of Aunt May, and then in No Way Home that happens. Like, that's more impactful in the context of just the movie on its own. But like Aunt May feels
1: like she has more of a bigger role in No Way Home before her death scene. Like, um,
2: one right, of, like and just standout that scenes
1: is like, um. She, her and peter at feast where like she's saying not your problem peter look around this is what we do it just felt like she had more of a role in that movie yeah. than well i in this
0: movie n- no way home has overall like hands down more emotional punches so um in terms of that that movie does it better I, um yeah it's a, yeah, Al, Alfred could have been done a little more justice, I suppose. Um, so, yeah, that's all I can really say about that.
1: Yeah, so, I mean, I guess the question is, did you have any emotional reaction to that, or, was, or would any emotional reaction have happened from what you saw in this movie or from other iterations of Alfred?
0: Um, I think there was. I, I guess I could say initially the emotional rea- reaction was probably more driven by other versions of Alfred because, like, you know, that the person who was just possibly killed is Alfred. Uh, that's a, a big deal. So there's some meta understanding of that that kind of affects, like, that I, I did have a reaction to it. I think they do a pretty good job of sort of retroactively bringing in some of th- those feelings though um which yeah it's unfortunate it it wasn't there leading up to it but like i i totally think that like um like batman talking to alfred in the subsequent scenes and sort of the the sincerity and like tr- dread of all those exchanges like those are very um touching and like kind of like then it sinks into you like um i don't know it's like when you see him in the hospital like that it's like a relief that he's alive but like as they start to talk and you see how hurt he is like it definitely starts to sink in but it didn't necessarily earn that beforehand it sort of has to retroactively start to um drive home some of the their their history and like why this is a big deal sort of retroactively
1: yes so i only have two more negative points to bring up before we discuss what's next so let's talk about the batman riddler interrogation scene so for me unlike the joker interrogation scene in the dark knight this showed how riddler wasn't a very good villain more memorable villain and that times came off a bit corny and it just showed like, yeah, Riddler, he kind of popped up in the movie, I guess, but he never really had a real presence like Heath Ledger's Joker or Jack's Joker or some other Batman movie villains. And it honestly, it felt like the scene was a bit of a waste because we had barely... The, the two had barely interacted. And it was just like... It, honestly, it felt a bit like, oh, let's do our version of the Dark Knight's interrogation scene since that's almost everyone's favorite scene in the movie. It was just... Mm-hmm. It just... At that point, it was just like, this means nothing. <clears throat> this means nothing. So what do you think of the Batman-Riddler interrogation scene? Yeah.
0: I mean... To me, this scene is strong for a couple of reasons. One, <clears throat> one that it is the main reason that I bring up the one of the first things I brought up, which is that I like how, like lame and crazed, like this Riddler seems. That like when he's like, yeah, he really seems detached from reality. That he believed that he could really get the Batman on his side, and like. <laughs> Him started like it's so weird saying this stuff as a positive. This is a positive to me when he starts singing Ave Maria. It's straight up cringy, <laughs> and like, but like that's what this Riddler is. He's um thinks he's a little little edge lord. Uh, Unabomber type guy, and he's not as cool or as uh, 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 like he doesn't, he's like a dweeb searching for power, trying to make something big of himself, trying to seem really important, and uh, in some ways, it even comes across as like trying to seem crazy, which I think a lot of like serial murderers do a little bit is, like, kind of ham up their craziness. It comes across a little there. Um, but I, I like seeing how just deluded he is as well. Um, and I, I think it stands in stark contrast to that Joker interrogation scene, because that's kind of what I was talking about. Like, the, the Joker is, like, basically cool and interesting in that scene. Uh, and... Uh, I mean, it's it's a different kind of crazy, and this one feels more like someone who's not really there, um someone who's uh, uh, he's 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 just i don't know, he's just a pacey loser. but the other <laughs> thing I wanted to to um what was the other thing I wanted to bring up? I'm reaching that point in the podcast. Um, interrogation scene. Um, is there anything else you wanted to bring up with this? I, uh,
1: uh, not really with the interrogation scene. Um, I mean, are you talking? Well, I mean, there are some other people brought up, but I don't. Think it's that big deal. It's like where the movie tricks you into thinking that Riddler knows Batman's Bruce Wayne.
0: Oh yeah, I remember that. Um, but I did spark my memory of what I was going to say, which is that this scene is that scene I was talking about, where the reason Riddler lured him in there was uh, well, who knows if he was really like this smart and planning this whole thing out like this, but like Batman's there talking to the Riddler, and meanwhile like he is currently failing to solve the case because it is this discussion where the Riddler reveals that all the vans are about to blow up. He reveals his plan. And even though he turned himself in, which might let everyone's guard down. In fact, he still was plotting and succeeded in that plan. And so that's why I think that this is a really important scene because it's kind of like, it's, it's that moment in the movie. Um, I think, um, like, a lot of the... I I don't know, I'm getting some uh, Homecoming vibes of this where, like, I see totally what you're saying with a lot of criticisms. And, like, even though I can kind of agree, it doesn't ruin it for me. Like, I still manage to like it. By the way, this is, like, leaps and bounds a better movie than Homecoming. I don't want to... Like, this is...
1: Like, unlike Homecoming, what you're saying about what you liked about the movie sounds awesome. I just don't (laughs) think it's executed that
0: well. But what I was gonna... Yeah, so it's different, but I'm getting that kind of thing where, like, I I agree with some of your criticisms, but it just, like, I don't know if it's a criticism for me. Um, This is maybe the biggest thing that I'm kind of... Like, personally, I, I just didn't feel like the Riddler wasn't... There, like, really? <laughs> it just that that that's kind of interesting to me. That like, to me, it was like, oh, here's the Riddler, the villain we've been dealing with this whole time. Like, that it, it's strange. This is a very different reaction to it.
1: Like, um, I almost think Falcone was more of the main villain, and Riddler just yeah. kind of popped up from time to time.
0: Well, I do think that uh, Falcone was. I would kind of call him the main villain overall. But to me, that almost felt like a little bit of a twist because I was so primed to believe that Riddler was the main villain. And the fact that there was something bigger going on that made him just that made the Riddler just seem like a chump, like seems significant to me. And it's I felt like we were following the Riddler's clues and uh, that all these other plot lines were just kind of an extension of them following the Riddler's clues yeah, like
1: every time he pops up, I was like, oh yeah, Riddler's supposed to be in this movie. I forgot about him.
0: Yeah. He does yeah, sign. He, all
1: right. And we move on to the next thing.
0: He definitely wasn't there much, but it's just, you know, it's an it's an off-screen villain.
1: Oh yes. All right, so I have one last thing before um we can bring up if you any other points you'd have before we jump into what's next. So let's talk about the introduction. Because we thought there were going to be three Batman villains in this movie. It turned out there was a fourth one. Yes. Also, the last time these four were together in a movie was 1966 Batman the movie starring Adam West. We had our introduction to this version of the Joker. Yes. Mm -hmm. And I gotta say, it felt like it was just thrown in there to set up a sequel. It really kind of served no narrative purpose and I would say the deleted scene which you haven't seen, right? No. There's a deleted scene where Batman goes to talk to the Joker to talk about who could the Riddler possibly be, what type of person is he. That would have made far more sense and served far more narrative purpose than this random scene between Riddler and Joker. It just felt like Why is this here? And even more so, after the deleted scenes? like, why was that one there, but not this one? It just...
2: Mm
1: -hmm. I don't know. What'd you think about Joker's, let's just say, a cameo that really served no purpose? Kind of like the Illuminati in Doctor Strange. What?
0: (laughs) Uh, I have not seen the new Doctor Strange. Um, uh, I... Yeah, they could have removed the Joker from this movie. I didn't really care. Um, And uh, ultimately, I feel like in that scene, it, it could have been any villain. It didn't matter. It wasn't interesting to me that it was the Joker. If anything, I might have preferred it being a different villain because, I mean, we've gotten so many Jokers, obviously. I mean, so this is a very but different one, but still one.
1: that's the one you want. you really, really want to see Batman fight,
0: yeah. I think for this one, I was maybe hoping and maybe this what like I would see i would, we got it in the second movie last time. I'd like it in the last movie this time. Yeah, but um,
1: that's what I think that well, we'll talk about why I think they're gonna do,
0: but all right, yeah, that's what's next. Like, I did get like the feeling of dread of like, oh no, like, There's bigger things going on. Like the Riddler is just a small fry. Like there's some purpose that I see to that scene, but like, like I said, it could have been any villain there. It could have been any random inmate that he was just laughing with to show how still unhinged he is. It being the Joker just didn't do a lot for me. Um, and that's, yeah, it just didn't, it didn't do a lot for me.
1: Yes. So I am a little curious about what your reaction to it would have been if you had seen the deleted scene.
0: <laughs> about um, if you
1: would have been like, why didn't we have that instead?
0: I it, didn't know about that, so.
1: Oh, well, it's a far better, I mean. When was it, that
0: released? Is it like, like how do you watch this deleted scene? Is it just online?
1: Yeah, it's on YouTube. Oh, okay. Yeah like five minutes even though it should have been two but whatever (laughs) yeah (laughs) all right so i guess i'll ask you if you had any other points you wanted to bring up before we talk about what's next
0: hmm i uh yeah i think well okay actually i guess here's the um i'm just curious i i was wondering this and i was expecting it to be one of your points because we brought up most characters Um, I personally haven't had that much of an exposure. Falcone has not been in a villain in any Batman stuff I've consumed. So I guess I was curious. I, I liked him, but I don't know. I have the history of like all the adaptions or what this character is that much. So I guess I, I do wonder what your feelings on this adaption of Falcone is.
1: Uh, I really liked this version of Falcone. I liked how he has more of a... He has more, I guess, of a presence than the version we had in Batman Begins. Because he only had it for a little bit in Batman Begins. But I really liked it. I liked how he was kind of like this smooth-talking guy. like um, mm-hmm. You would kind of see where like um, he thinks that gotham is his empire and Mm -hmm. that like he is the king so i really liked that it felt very similar again pulling from the long halloween was nice to see also man i wish you know sometimes you wish you post something on facebook 10 years ago so (laughs) that like years later you can you can like show it off later i remember in 2012 reading either the long halloween and um, the, its sequel, Dark Victory, which tells the origin of Robin. Mm-hmm. I remember wishing I'd wondered. I wonder how many people who've watched the Batman trilogy, the Nolan ones, know that Falcone is Catwoman's father.
0: So I yeah, I didn't, and you know what? I forgot he was in Batman Begins too, because uh, a lot of these more just like I yeah, I just I didn't necessarily know the like sort of mob, like, criminal leader-type villains in, in Batman I'm not that familiar with. um. So this yeah. is kind of a new character to me, it felt like.
1: Yeah, we've had, like, three versions of Falcone. We've had him in Batman Begins, the Gotham TV show, which is my favorite version, and this version. And I really liked this version of Falcone.
0: Yeah, and that, that was basically the last thing I was going to, to say, which is that, um, for me, I thought it was like the three villains when you said four did you include like catwoman in that uh there was riddler penguin yeah okay because you said four and i was like because i was thinking i personally thought that like it was Yeah, joker uh,
1: wasn't enough to count him as one
0: yeah okay yeah i I felt like a trifecta of, of of three great villains sort of coming at different angles having different motivations and i thought that was really great at creating a a kind of confusing mystery like uh, in in a positive way and so i thought falcone was um uh a really good like just combination of just a little suave a little creepy um so i i really liked uh his performance um so yeah i did want to touch on that at least give it its due so yeah Yeah, i think that's all i have
1: name i don't remember what his name is but the actor's Uh, name
0: yeah um he
1: was really good as falcone and you know what's
0: uh
2: yeah uh, falcone
1: there's two different ways people pronounce it there's the nolan way which is falcone and the gotham tv show which is falcone so i always go with the tv show
2: i I was was john
0: terturo yeah um I think I'll say Falcone from now on because that's what I said before this podcast, and yeah. I thought I might have been wrong. Um, it, what's funny is a couple days after I saw uh, the Batman, I rewatched the movie uh, "Oh Brother, Where Art Thou," and for a long time I was like, "Gosh, that guy looks familiar." And yeah, one of the main characters is is him. He looks very different, but um, how old is that movie? It's from like. 2000 like early 2000s okay um uh he he looks maybe more middle-aged in that movie but he's like bald and has no mustache and certainly no sunglasses that that does it yeah that'll do it and and so it it was very hard like after i realized it was him though i couldn't unsee it (laughs) um as as falcone but (laughs) um but yeah Yes. Um, I I really liked that casting choice.
1: Yes. So should we get into what's next?
0: Absolutely, we should.
1: All right. So now we did have some kind of news come out during CinemaCon recently. But before that news, I'll just say what I was thinking. You know, at the time that the Batman was coming out, I was really excited that we were going to have two versions of Batman. You know, in the movies at the same time, we have Robert Pattinson and we're going to have Michael Keaton take over in the DCEU. And I was really excited for having both of them. But honestly, the whole time I was watching this movie, I was just like, oh, thank God we have Keaton in the Flash. <laughs> because it just, I, I mean, honestly, this movie, I'm way more invested in Michael Keaton's Batman in the DCU now than I am in Robert Pattinson's Batman going forward. So I mean honestly if it were up to me I would on the next Batman movie, I'd rather have it be a Dark Knight Returns movie with Michael Keaton, with Jack Nicholson as Joker, Billy D. Williams as Two Face, and either Tom Welling or Brandon Routh as Superman. I I mean I hope the sequel's good, but I just gotta be like, to me, Michael Keaton's Batman is now the one I'm looking forward to the most of the mm-hmm. two. So, uh, if it were up to me, I would have rather have had a new writer and director come over, because as much as I appreciate how Matt Reeves clearly understood the character and I 100% believe tried his best, I just don't think his creative choices really worked for the movie. So. I don't know. I guess what, before we kind of get into what we think is going to happen with the sequel, we do know Matt Reeves is coming back for the sequel. Mm -hmm. Um, I hope it doesn't take him as long as it did last time, five years, because if it is, then just make Dark Knight Returns with Keaton. But I hope he learns from his mistakes because even people who like the movie and don't like the movie, I think a lot of people will agree on the similar criticisms. Like, it was too long, pacing issues. I think a lot of people um, agree with that. I hope he can improve upon, keep what worked, because there's stuff that works in the movie, and prove on what needs to be worked on. So, I, I wish we had a different writer and director, but it is Reeves. I'm rooting for him. He clearly understands and loves the character so i guess what are your thoughts about reeves coming back to do another
0: one i mean i'm of course very excited for more of this um you know uh i think my my biggest thing and like i'm also excited for keaton's batman but like with something like that like if if someone else were to direct it if there was like if we were to you know, retry this again, someone else direct it. Um, I just feel like I know and and this is true with like Keaton as Batman which I'm excited for but it, like I know what I'm getting is um, some kind of superhero movie like we've seen before and I know I, I reading a little into it, I know that when Matt Reeves took it over I think he found the script to be kind of just another superhero movie and wanted to change that. And so that's what I'm more on board for and and on the ride for, is I know that, at least hopefully, the sequel to this movie will be something distinct from a different version of Batman that we might get, and we might just get anyway. Because there are going to be Probably some other animated features. Probably, um, you know, Keaton's version. Maybe more of that too. Um, I know with this, I'm getting a distinct vision that is separate from what I'd expect from other superhero movies. So I am excited to to be to be on the ride for that, and that's why I absolutely do want. Uh, you know. At least, I want this vision of it to be completed as a trilogy. It doesn't have to be like we've talked about before. Like, I don't necessarily believe that like it has to be the same director. uh, Like that could be a flaw if uh, he gets way too much creative control by the third one and ends up being terrible or something. So, like we know how that goes. Yes. So, if, if if someone else had kind of the same vision for a batman story it doesn't i wouldn't say it needs to be matt reeves again but i do think that matt reeves had an excellent understanding what to do executed it well and i think for that he's earned a number two and i don't mean hopefully i don't mean that you know hopefully it'll be good it won't be it won't be a number two
1: yes all right so let's talk about what we what we think we can expect. And then we'll talk about what we can't think we can expect with some of the other Batman movies cuz we got two other ones coming up. Two others that have been filmed now. Mhm. All right. So I'll just say this. You know, they announced that there's going to be a sequel come at CinemaCon. Honestly, until you have a release date, I don't care. Like I'm so like honestly, with all, like, the DC projects and Star Wars projects again get announced, I'm genuinely to the point, like, unless you have a release date, I don't care.
0: Yeah, like, it's all meaningless now.
1: Yeah, like, I don't know why they didn't announce a release date unless Matt Reeves was like, all right, I'm really going to take my time with this one. It's like,
0: oh, well, good luck. <laughs> I mean, I have to hope, like, everything's set up now. I would hope that there's no, like, drama or reasons to delay things like you have a cast you have the director on board it would be such a shame if it were a mess again
1: it should come out by 2025 that's three years from now
0: I would say like that's way more than enough time
2: (laughs) yes
1: alright so I'll just say why I think um, my guesses are for what we can expect from the next film so it talks about how the film ended with Riddler kind of doing his thing where it flooded the city my guess is that the next movie is going to be an adaptation of No Man's Land the storyline No Man's Land where you know after a natural disaster Gotham is courting off the United States government says you are on your own and it's up to the GCPD and the Bat family in the comics to kind of bring order to Gotham and all of the areas are kind of broken up by the villains. Like one area is run by the penguin. R- one area is run by Mr. Freeze. One area is run by Harley Quinn. It's just, mm-hmm. that's how it is. So it would be our fourth adaption after the dark Knight rises, Gotham season five and Harley Quinn season two. So there's that. It is my favorite Batman comic storyline. So it's another reason. I'm rooting for you, Matt. I'm mm-hmm. rooting for you. So, and I really hope this one does a better job telling it story than this one did. I hope it has a better job with the main villain and doesn't, and isn't overstuffed because I got to say no man's land. If that's the route they're going to go, it can be very, very overstuffed, especially if Matt struggles with a villain like he did with the Riddler, at least in my opinion. So, I hope he fixes the issues, because if he doesn't, no man, it could be a mess. But if he works on it, it could be awesome. So mm-hmm. that's kind of my thought. So I, do you have any predictions on what to expect from the sequel?
0: Um. Well, I honestly... I would hope that Matt Reeves can recognize his strengths. He did so good with, like, the mob crime lord sort of villains. Clearly, that's a really, like, that's a talent for him and whoever else is involved uh, in making that happen, uh, including the cast and writers and stuff. Um, Kind of focusing on that down-to-earth crime ring part of Gotham to me would be the perfect way to go about a second movie. Um, And I have to say, I think that's, I have to imagine that's um, probably in mind. I mean, I haven't thought about it. Like, it's interesting. We would be starting, assuming we're starting right off uh, from where we left off, like a a Gotham that has been flooded, um, you know, uh, upset in the the criminal rings. It, it, it's it's interesting. Um, it's a very interesting aftermath to be dealing with. So, I guess I just I hope and expect that we'll be looking further into these more, um, uh, down, down to earth, sort of, uh, the, the crime of, of the, the crime of Gotham, the the corruption of Gotham is it will, should be a, a main theme, uh, that we see, um, anything kind of more extravagant than that, I would hope kind of waits for the third movie. Um, Uh, so, yeah, I mean... That's what... I I feel like it's clear that those are his strengths, and, uh... I can see that being where it goes.
1: I have to be honest, I don't think that the gangsters are gonna have any role in the next movie. I think it's gonna be all the supervillains.
2: Yeah. Yeah, I'd
1: have to think that.
0: Like, it um...
1: Especially because, like knowing the no man's no man's land storyline, right? I, I just think it's really going to be uh, jam packed of like all the arch enemies, gotcha. all the supervillains.
0: I could see that, and, and you know, it, it. It I do think it would be cool. Like like my my favorite part of of this is the Gotham. So to really explore Gotham and the different parts of Gotham, that that is a really interesting storyline too. One feeling i I have from this movie, because it's so distinct, it, it almost try to think of what to most compare it to. But it seems like one of those things where I feel like this movie was so distinct and worked for me in such a specific way that I have maybe too much anticipation of there being two more of the same. Thing, uh, which is, I guess, what I did with Spider-Man: Homecoming. I think where I was like, "Well, what's going to happen next is they're going to take the part, the part that was good in this, and just do that." Um, I, I, I definitely have a tendency to do that, and that's <laughs> kind of like I could see this being a situation where, even if there's a sequel. I'm fine with this just being a standalone. Uh, So there's not a lot riding on it for that reason. Um, But you've got such a great Gotham, like explore (laughs) that more. Oh yes. So
1: I don't, I don't think the move, the next movie is going to really have a main villain. My my guess is that if there is going to be kind of a main villain like Riddler kind of was supposed to be in this one, my guess is it would probably be Penguin, but do you have a guess of who the main villain would be?
0: Um, I mean, yeah. The reason why I was saying what I initially said was because I was kind of imagining it being Penguin, especially because he seems not fully there yet, not fully developed, and like maybe he'll take... This aftermath of what the Riddler has done, and sort of use it to use it to his advantage. Take the like the the weakness, and you know, try and uh, take advantage and hold some power because of that. Like that's the kind of thing I see happening. Um, my only other thought would be. Something more Arkham related, but I just really i I don't think they'd go straight for the Joker as the main villain of the second one. I really don't think. I mean, I think Joker
1: that, will be in the next movie and have yeah. a bit of a substantial role, but I don't think he'll be the main one.
0: Mm-hmm. Yeah, I, I agree to that. If I had especially to pick because one, be Penguin
1: from the deleted scene, Batman's already fought the Joker.
2: Yeah, uh, yeah.
1: So, yeah, I guess we'll talk about, before we get into the DCEU Batman, let's talk about the HBO Max shows. (laughs) Because there are two HBO Max shows coming that are spinoffs of the Batman. Now, look, I'll be honest. I don't like Marvel and DC having TV shows that are spinoffs of the movies. I'd much rather them be separate, like how the Arrowverse is separate from the DCEU. I don't like it because then it just feels like these are just spinoffs. Yeah. So I will be honest. I don't have a real interest in the Arkham Asylum or Penguin spinoff they're going to do. But, you know, if there are only six episodes, I'm assuming. if, If Robert Pattinson guest stars as Batman or Bruce Wayne, I'll watch that episode hmm So, I guess, what do you think about the HBO Max show? Like, person, I'm not really interested. Yeah. But, I mean, I guess I'd watch it if Batman popped up.
0: Yeah. Um, like, that's, that's interesting. That's cool. I mean, I like this movie and spin it. Like, it's not something that compels me to watch it. Um, because, I mean, I guess I would rather, like, if we're gonna have a trilogy, let's not exhaust it with a bunch of spin-offs, um... But I'd
1: rather honestly have a Penguin show that wasn't connected to the movies, just its own mm-hmm. Penguin show, following a version that a different iteration of Batman fights.
0: Yeah, um, I would say uh, the biggest pull to having a, a Penguin show would be if they aren't going to touch on Penguin more in the subsequent sequels. And in that case, I would be like, Hey, let's explore this some more. But overall, I, this feel it feels not asked for, at least by me. I, I don't care for something that feels like a spinoff like this.
1: And Penguin is one of our favorite characters in the movie. And we're not even really interested in seeing that yeah. in a spin-off.
0: Yeah. I mean, I'm, yeah, I'm, I'm mildly interested.
1: Yes. All right, so let's talk about the next movie that's going to have Batman. It comes out in 2023, which, you know, by the way, bunch of our upcoming 2022 special, so freaking wasted now. Yeah. Yeah. So it's right now called The Flash. But let's be honest. Because of Ezra Miller being a horrible person who decides that they want to fight And, you know, fight people at bars and threaten to kill people. You know, I can't wait for this a-hole to get fired from the franchise. And I will still say, until the movie comes out, fire Ezra Miller. Because I don't want that um, a-hole playing The Flash anymore. But the movie's shot, whatever. So we have a new movie, currently called The Flash. But I guarantee you, if there's any prediction... I can give on this show. It's five years history. Let me be as bold as I can when it comes out next year. If it comes out next year and isn't delayed, it will not be called the flash. It's going to be called justice league, either crisis or flashpoint And in the marketing. Batman is going to be the main character. And I'm expecting any day. Now we're going to hear that. There's going to be more reshoots with Michael Keaton on the set so that they can make batman the main character of the movie
0: so yeah bold bold statements
1: yes i guarantee you even if like it's it, they're going to change the name and in the marketing keaton will be the main character wow yes so the whole time i was watching the batman i kept on thinking at least we're getting keaton i have to say so I think the news came out on a Tuesday. I won't lie. I was not having a good day on Tuesday. And then I heard the news. Flash and Aquaman have been delayed till next year. So the Batman movie I was really hoping for after I didn't like this one was delayed. But the movie got moved up. Do you know what that movie was? What? Shazam 2. Yeah, <laughs> I that yeah. was not a good day. Like anyone who saw <laughs> me was like, oh, <laughs> I was wow. so upset
2: that yeah. day.
1: So. Uh, yeah, so my prediction is that Michael Keaton will have as much screen time as Toby and Andrew did in No Way Home but I think it'll be more spread out throughout the movie. I don't think they'll come in because they come in at like kind of the halfway point. I think yeah. they will be spread out a little bit mm-hmm. that Keaton will be spread out a little bit more. I think Ben Affleck will be at most two scenes, one action scene, which I mean, they've had a stuntman in his suit on a bat cycle and one dialogue heavy scene. And I will say, look, you can go back. I was very pessimistic about Keaton coming back as Batman, even though he's my favorite live-action Batman. Because I don't like bringing back old actors via multiverse, like Crisis on Infinite Earths, or I'll say it, Doctor Strange in the Multiverse of Madness. I don't like when they do that, and they aren't the real version. But I do like... How we know we're going to get more Keaton ahead of The Flash. So that's what I like to know. And I, one thing that makes me really excited for this movie, which I think will be called Justice League, is that, I mean, some of the recent movies, they've either been like, we're going to try and make a grounded Batman, we're going to try and make a Batman in a movie that's like not. To, that's like a totally different genre I like how in this one it feels like we're just gonna have Batman he's Batman just just do Batman the way he is in the comics that's what I'm excited about so I, I am so excited to see Keaton in uh, Justice League formerly known as Flash <laughs> so I, I'm excited for it I can't believe we have to wait Cause it was we were supposed to have the year of Batman in movies this year. Three. Mm -hmm. So I mean they say it's because of um because of COVID. The a lot of the special effects places are backed up right now. But yeah, I bet. I mean to me, this is the Batman Keaton's Batman is what I'm most excited to see. So what are your thoughts about Keaton returning this movie currently known as The Flash?
0: I think I've uh, personally been in a little bit of a, like, I'll have to wait until I see it. attitude with this. Which, I mean, I have to say, I feel like that was a kind of my attitude with the possibility of Toby and Andrew returning to S- Spider-Man as well. Because I was just like... Like, how are they going to make this work? I, I just didn't necessarily... You know, I get, I I like a a standalone, like living in its own own rules, own logic, own world more than like it feels too meta to me. Where like everyone's kind of winking at the idea that we all know that this was Batman back in a different movie. Um, so that's always something that like that doesn't interest me, but having like it it doesn't interest me on one level but it interests me on another level of like uh primal curiosity of seeing something nostalgic um but i just come out thinking like i I think that this could be really good but i really just want to wait and, and and see ultimately um like, uh, like I mentioned, in terms of taste and like preference and in, in, in genre, I think it's just that um, this was all, the Batman is always what I was looking more forward to um, as something uh, new there. So, yeah, that's 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 me on it. I I am excited, but I'm just um, I'm wary because i don't know what to expect yes well
1: besides the the what's called the flash we do know we're gonna get another movie with michael keaton as batman that is batgirl so should i say oh okay i'll say i'll start with this you know when they announced that flash and aquaman were moving to next year they never announced that batgirl was moving which right now is still currently scheduled to come out in 2022 on hbo max with all the ezra stuff i think this movie's gonna come out before the flash movie i think they're gonna put even if it doesn't make narrative sense they're gonna put out batgirl to get people hyped to see michael keaton in the flash movie
0: yeah Mm -hmm.
1: i don't think it's gonna i i still think there's a more likely chance we're gonna have it come out this year
0: yeah to
1: build hype even though it might be a little confusing might not make (laughs) a lot of sense but it's like i mean honestly the smart thing would to do would have been to fire ezra miller two years ago and replace uh them with a new actor but Yeah, they decide not to, which is why they're in the mess they're in today. Yeah. Which is what, you know, Ezra's going to keep doing what they do. until.
0: I was going to say, there's been crap with them like forever ago. So the fact that they
1: it's getting (laughs) worse now, too. Like, yeah. Yeah. So, you know, it's going to happen the week the movie premieres. You just know that's going to happen. So Mm -hmm. whatever. I can't wait for Ezra to get fired. <laughs> so, uh, yeah, if they're up to me, I'd have, honestly, with the Flash show, It's they've announced it's going to end next year. Just get Grant Gustin and reshoot the scenes. No one wants Ezra as the Flash. Mm-hmm. So, um, when they announced that Keaton was going to be in the movie, I thought it was going to be as a cameo as Bruce Wayne. I am shocked that we're seeing Set is a stuntman in his new bat suit, which looks awesome. And that he took a selfie of him, like a silhouette of him in the suit. And, like, Leslie Grace, who plays Batgirls, talking about how cool it was to see him on set in the suit. And I'm just like, what? Honestly, I have n- I'm still kind of expecting it to be small, but it is kind of turning into at least... A bigger role than I thought it would be. Like, Mm -hmm. I don't think it's now just going to be a cameo. Like, I think between the two, he'll have more screen time in the Flash. But it's bigger than what I thought. Like, so I'm really excited to have Batman interact with another member of the Bat family. Like, last night I watched an episode of Batman the Animated Series where he was teaming up with Batgirl, and personally. I've always preferred having him team up with like Robin or Batgirl and just working by himself. So I'm mm-hmm. excited for that. So still hope this movie comes out in theaters. So what do you, what are your thoughts on the upcoming
0: Batgirl movie with the return of Michael Keaton? Um, you know, I have to say, I guess I'm probably quite a bit more excited for this, if only because, um. You know, I <clears throat> I tend to be a naysayer to uh, super uh, multiverse sort of messy timeline stuff like that until I see it. I mean, I feel like I usually end up liking them, but um, uh, the idea of It makes a lot more sense to me for Michael Keaton to have an appearance in a Batgirl movie that registers in my brain more. So, on that
1: end, you have to have him in the Batgirl movie, you have to have the Flash movie happen that brings him into the DCEU.
2: Yeah,
0: technically. Yeah, um, well, I I mean, some people
1: are a bit disappointed. Like, why couldn't this just be the Burton verse or whatever? Why is that to be the DCU? I'm just like, well, it's better than nothing.
0: Yeah, but I mean, yeah, I understand the the flash thing has to happen. Uh, I'm not saying to bring him in out of nowhere uh, and not explain it. I guess it's just that, um Like that explains it for sure, but I think I'm ultimately more interested in seeing you know that story. But who knows? More we'll of see. a
1: traditional Batman story or Gotham yeah,
0: exactly. story. Exactly.
1: Yes. So, did we want to wrap this up with some quick rabbit hole before we give our final thoughts? Sure. Let's end on a
0: bit more positive. It's, it's uh, Larata.
1: Yes. Hole. All right. Of, let's see, this is the, let's see, Dark Knight Rises with seven, eight. So, this is the ninth Batman movie. So f- uh, so for the 10th Batman movie, the next one, mm-hmm. who would you rather have it star? Would you rather have it be Michael Keaton, Ben Affleck, or Roder Pattinson? Personally, I would rather... Like I said earlier, I'd rather have Dark Knight Returns with Michael Keaton, but w- I guess of the three, which would you want to be the in the next Batman movie?
0: I mean... I got to say Pattinson. I feel like uh, the, the the sequel to the Batman, I mean, that would be number 10. Uh, that's what I want to see.
1: All right. True Pattinson fan. All right.
0: I'm a Pat head.
1: What, oh, what was that? A Pat head. Oh, yes.
0: That's what they call us.
1: Yes. Will we see Robin in the Matt Reeves series? My guess is probably no, because, be, because we always reboot instead of continuing. I mean, Robert Pattinson's Batman is a bit young, where I don't know if That's he'd be ready to train a Robin. And look, let's not pretend. We know <clears> that the third one's going to via a piece of garbage, where he'll either die or retire. So really, we're only just going to get two worthwhile yeah. ones from him. So... Yeah. I, I kind of doubt it. I think we'd have to have one where Batman's been Batman for a while before you could have Robin in it. So what do you think?
0: Yeah, I uh, do not see this Batman having a Robin. it He is too young. Um, I feel like there's a lot of growth this Batman needs to do before he's ready to have an intern.
1: <laughs> oh, yes. All right. Which, this might be a little tough for you, but which Batman villain that we haven't seen in a movie would you want to see for the first time?
2: Mm -hmm.
0: Mm-hmm. Yeah, these are always tough for me. I forget (laughs) the one that was asked last time, but, like, I, I don't know if I have an exposure to a villain that hasn't been in a movie. Um. And if I did reading a comic, I feel like most of them were kind of bad. Like it was some <laughs> corny like uh, Condiment King or Kite yeah.
1: Man from uh, yeah. Harley Quinn. Yeah. He, is he in season one Kite Man? I don't remember.
0: I don't remember. It's been a while since I've I've seen it.
1: I mean, have do you know who Kite Man is from Harley Quinn? No. OK, then he's not in season one.
0: OK um yeah uh i i I straight up don't have an answer to that question because i don't i can't think of one
1: all right i did have one but when i mentioned another show it it kind of jogged something in my mind so Mm. i was gonna say more recent villain edition which which would be hush that's like a mystery um it's connected to bruce wayne's past that's why i want to see but after mentioning harley Quinn. And look, what they do in like animation is great, but I think you'd have to change it a bit for live action, especially yeah. for a Batman movie. You could do a more comic version one in a Justice League movie, but Clayface. <laughs> Just like do the original Bill Finger Bob Kane version of this like actor who goes evil and is able to disguise himself as anyone. Kind of like yeah. the chameleon in Spider Man. So clayface. As much as I would love um clayface like we have in Harley Quinn, who's my favorite character besides Batman in that show. Yeah. So yeah, Clayface is who I'd want. All right. Who is a villain you'd want to see return in a Batman movie that we've seen before and you really want to have come back? Mine? Oh, I I guess I can say mine first. I would like... And I'm not saying this... I think they did a great job with the villain in this movie. But I'd like to see a more proper version of Two-Face. Because as much as I love the Dark Knight, I think his role in the Dark Knight was great. It was perfect. But I'd like to see one where he's uh, the villain the whole movie. So Two-Face is mine. That I really, yeah. really would like to see a whole movie of. With.
0: Yeah. Um, I mean... When you first said it, that's my obvious answer because Two-Face is my favorite Batman villain and has been since I first got into Batman. Um, And, like, the truth is that's got to be my answer because, like, I hadn't thought of it super hard until this point, but, like... That's really just if we're thinking about the types of Batman villains that would really work in this version of Gotham this story, Two-Face is definitely one of them. They would just work really really well. Um being like a figure in uh in the city
2: um and I I yeah, I feel like
0: Two-Face is the absolute most excited I would be for a villain coming back in this version. Um, it would be interesting to see a lot of uh, different villains. Like I'm trying to think, like, there are... Like, some of them that just come to mind, like, I don't know, Poison Ivy or something, like, it doesn't necessarily feel like it works as well in this particular Batman universe, although it could be done well. Well, you or,
1: could. Like, you could have yeah. it be, like, she's a scientist or whatever, that and, would, like, she creates poison, or she doesn't have to necessarily control plants.
2: Yeah,
0: no, for sure. Um There's ways to do it, but Two-Face feels, like, the most seamless to me. Um, and it's... Like I said, my favorite villain. So I got to have the same answer.
1: Oh, yes. So now that you've seen the Batman, would you rather? I get. I don't even know if I should have asked this, but I was just like, (laughs) whatever. We'll throw it in there. Okay. Would you rather have had the Batman or Ben Affleck's Batman movie?
0: Uh, I mean, it's. It's straight. Honestly, like I, when I was reading about it, like, so to me, one of the biggest lost like things in film history is like, we almost got a Guillermo del Toro Hobbit. He was super passionate about it and understood the Hobbit and Lord of the Rings series. I think that Guillermo del Toro's single Hobbit movie that he was planning for so long would have been amazing. Like, I really believe that and we unfortunately got the timeline where that didn't happen and uh, it became this weird Frankenstein's monster of different Lord of the Rings things mashed together into a movie that has some Hobbit things and is ultimately just a weird Peter Jackson verse type version of the Hobbit. And it's just like I get so sad when I think about like there's going to be one great movie with a really interesting theme this feels like the reverse of that to me where like I feel like the Ben Affleck version would have been more what I would have expected a more like actiony um, uh, like I even I think this is just on the Wikipedia page but apparently it was described as the script is more like James Bondy and well, that's I like hey. Reeve said. about the Ben Affleck script yeah yeah okay um, if he is right about that, I mean, I'm, I don't like James Bond. It's, it's well, not. Well, no good... one
1: also said his Batman was inspired by James Bond, so. <laughs> uh, <laughs> eh.
0: nah. I, I, re, I, uh, don't accept that into my worldview. Um, <laughs> so this feels like the happy ending to me where I, I personally feel like the, the better version came out because someone took over who i just think probably had a better plan and a understanding of batman i i think it ended up the right way
1: yeah it's hard for me because i think batman is the batman is a bad movie like i think it's just i think it understands the character i just think it's poorly made Mm -hmm. i think the batman has a interesting idea but i think maybe ben's would have been better executed Mm -hmm. Uh, i'm just i mean between the two uh, it's really tough not knowing it fully because some of the stuff i heard about ben's makes me go why would you do that but i don't know maybe if the sequel happens and it's good maybe i change but i to be honest is is so hard for me to know right now like yeah of course Yeah. Hey, Warner Brothers, how do you publish that script? (laughs) Yeah. Should Robert Pattinson's Batman be completely standalone with no other, besides like Robin or Nightwing or Batgirl? Should Robert Pattinson's Batman be completely standalone from a greater DC universe? Yes. I will say yes, but I will give one asterisk. There is one character that I think if you wanted to have him team up, it would be cool. hmm Do you have a guess of who it is?
0: Is it a Is it like a a main one? Like a or like am I gonna have to dig deeper for this character? No,
1: it's it would be one of the big ones. Okay.
0: I'm I'm checking things off. It's not gonna be that. Not
2: gonna be that. Uh is it like a Justice League member? Yeah. Like okay.
0: I mean, the only one I can think of that might work would be like Cyborg, but that's just because it's the only one that isn't like
1: Okay, you were thinking of the movie. Alien. No, I meant in, in the comics. But the one, if you want to have some type of a crossover or a spinoff that can coexist, the one I would say would be Green Arrow. Gotcha.
0: No, that yeah, that makes that makes total sense.
1: Yes. All right. Well, okay. We're talking about Batman. It's kind of DC. So, what should I guess? Do you have any ideas of what Warner Bros should do with a Superman movie? Because I'll I'll just be honest. I never thought I'd say this. I'm to the point of I do not care if they ever make another Superman movie ever again, because. <laughs> Look, Superman 2, in my opinion, is the best superhero movie ever made that doesn't have Batman. (laughs) Superman the movie by Richard Donner is my favorite origin story ever told in a superhero movie. Like, I love Spider-Man 2002 or Amazing Spider-Man or um, Mm -hmm. Batman Begins, but for me, Superman the movie is the definitive superhero origin movie. But, you know... I've been on this earth for 29 years. During the whole time I've been alive, there has never been a good Superman movie made. <laughs> on the contrary, there have been 3 really there have been 3 great Superman TV shows made, and two of them I think are the greatest superhero shows ever made, in mm-hmm. Smallville and Superman Lois. So, personally I would Honestly, I am to the point of, just because of how it's been my whole life, I would rather Superman just be a TV character instead of a movie character. That being said, if they were going to try and do a movie version, my god, stop trying to make Superman relatable. Clark Kent is the relatable character. Superman is the fantasy, and it honestly, it shocks me how like we've had two Superman movies made in my life, and they struggle so bad, because honestly, and I'm gonna say something, and people might be a little surprised when you when I say it, but it's true. If you combine Spider-Man and Captain America, that's Superman. <laughs> that's that's I mean it's not that hard. It's just everyone's like, how do we make Superman rel- relatable? We're gonna make him sad. <clears throat> no, just Do what Spider-Man does. Like, no one watches Spider-Man because the guy webbing everyone's relatable, they watch it for Peter Parker or Steve or Captain America with Steve Rogers. Like
2: Mm.
1: just I don't understand why they just, just struggle so much when the TV shows do it so perfectly. So yeah. I don't know. It's for me. I I am so over a Superman movie. Like have him be a TV character. That's where he works best. So do you have any thoughts on what to do for a Superman movie?
0: Yeah, to me, it just, it hasn't worked and I struggle to see, it doesn't feel like anyone's got a good idea of how to like tell this, like to do Superman in, in uh, an hour and a half to three hours in movie time. Um it just doesn't seem like the recipe has been, has been found to do that and make that work.
1: Well, it has before, but not in our lifetime.
0: Yeah. Um, like, uh, I, I think there could be a time to bring it back. I just don't know if we're there yet. So, you know, I would say don't, like, don't do another Superman movie like, like, don't, definitely don't force it. It's fine to just live on TV. And if you think you got the, uh, the secret formula, um, then go for it. But, uh, I'm not gonna, I'm not gonna plan to see it necessarily. So, cause, <laughs> although
1: I say I'm not, I'm over a Superman movie because I'd rather just, let's just focus on Superman and Lois. That's, that's great. But, Just thinking about it, if they announce Superman directed by either Sam Raimi or the Russo brothers, that would get me hyped. Oh, yeah. Especially because, like, honestly, combined Spider Man Captain America, that's Superman. Mm -hmm. All right. Do you have a Batman comic that you haven't read yet, but you really want to?
0: (laughs) You asked this question for me to say year one.
1: Oh yes!
0: No, I, actually, I will say the long Halloween is actually my most want to read. Uh, I just feel like I want to read Year One well,
1: first. Yeah, I'm. Long Halloween is very much a sequel to Year One.
2: Yeah, and then so after, I, get, I mean, yeah, I should. And after that, you
1: first. should read Dark Victory.
2: Yeah,
0: sure. Well, let's take it one or two steps at a time. One
1: step at a time. <laughs> yeah. So for me, um, I, I just I don't know why. Just I thought about this title recently. I know nothing about it except for the cover and the title. So the cover is like Batman, like uncovering a manhole, and just the title. The title gets me excited. Especially because of what's been going on with Superman Lois, it's Batman the Cult.
0: Oh yeah, that is a cool title. Yes,
1: yeah, so I'd want to see that. Other one is one that this Batman movie reportedly inspired Batman Ego, which I do have. I haven't read it yet because I wanted to wait till after the movie. So.
0: Oh yeah, that was another one that was uh, that the Batman took a lot from, right?
1: Yeah. I don't know what it took from because I haven't read it, but yeah. Interesting. All right. I guess we talked a little bit about this earlier, but where's Robert Pattinson ranked for you? For me, he's a middle one. He is like Adam West, Ian Glenn from Titans, George Clooney. Yeah, definitely above Christian Bale, but you, you didn't get in that top three of Keaton, Kilmer, Affleck. So we're, does, uh, patents. I mean, you talks a little bit about, it. you haven't thought about no. that much. So where is he? Is he a high mid, me, uh, medium or bottom? Um, he
0: is, he, he is top three for me. I would say it's Keaton Kilmer Pattinson truly. Okay. Um, and that has a lot to do with obviously just, um, uh, Batman his his Batman, like i I mean, that's an obvious statement from what we've talked about, but, um uh like yeah, I, I I would say it's top three,
1: yes, so you would agree with me that whenever someone freaks out about Batman casting, it's a good sign, yeah well, yeah, yeah, Keaton, Heath Ledger it was Joker, but still a Batman movie uh. Affleck and Pattinson. <laughs> Whatever yeah. people freak out. Yeah. All right. Uh, oh, that wasn't the right one. Okay. I don't know. Again, we'll just throw a little Superman in here. Just sprinkle in. This will be our last Superman before we get to our two last Batman rabbit holes. You've seen now in your life, I know for a fact, you've seen four Superman actors. Mm-hmm. You've seen Brandon Routh. Henry Cavill, Tom Welling, and Tyler Hecklin. Yeah. I mean, if you can think off the top of your head, which one is your favorite?
0: Um, obviously, like, uh, I, lo- I, I liked me some Smallville back in the day. My memory of it, like, it feels like, you know, maybe I'm not because I did not see that deep into it. Maybe I'm not getting as much of a feel of Superman, but it's a great show. Because of that, I would probably say, um, Tyler Hecklin.
1: Oh, yes. Yeah. So
2: for yeah, my for little me, exposure,
1: yeah. So for me, it is a three way tie. Like I can't choose like every other day it can be a different choice. Like for me, it's a tie between Christopher Reeve, Tom White, and Tyler Hecklin. All right. I, oh, we I keep on opening the wrong one. There we go. All right. This might be another struggle one for you, but I know we can get the last one. The last one will be good for you. Okay. What is a Batman story you would like to see adapted into a live action film?
0: Yeah, I mean uh, I mean I obviously know a lot <clears throat> of uh, the the premises of Batman's stories. Um and uh uh so like the the i think the problem is probably that from what i know i would have said the long halloween but we <laughs> kind twice of got <laughs> yeah um the only other thing like there's that one lodged deep in my memory that, uh, like, short Two-Face series that, like, I can't even remember what the gist of it was. But I obviously liked it at the time, so <laughs> maybe there's something there.
1: Yes. So for me, I have two. Ironically, both deal with the aftermath of the death of Jason Todd, who was the second Robin. One is A Lonely Place of Dying, which is where after the death of Jason, of Jason Todd... Batman is going a little off the deep end and Tim Drake is the one who kind of finds Dick Grayson and tells him like, you need to come back. Cause he just, dis- he is such a detective himself. He finds out Dick is the old Robin and Bruce is Batman. He goes to him and is like, you need to come back to Gotham because Batman needs a Robin. And it's really about like, kind of like the aftermath of the, the death of a family member of the bat family, which is not something that Bruce has usually had to go through, but it's about, Mm -hmm. it really is kind of like why Batman needs a Robin. And I just, I remember reading it a few years ago and just being like, this is one of the best Batman comics I've ever read. The other is one that is already one of the best Batman movies ever made, but in animated form, it is Batman under the red hood. I just I that's such a great story. I don't know if we'll if we'll ever get to a place where they can do it because you'd have to really tell the audience, "All right, Robin, you know, Burt Ward, Chris O'Donnell, they go off and become Nightwing, and then Jason Todd takes over and he gets murdered by the Joker, and then he comes back." But that is one I would love to see adapted into a feature film, but I don't I think we're a little bit ways from that.
0: Yeah. I guess it's a lot to establish.
1: Yes. All right. I have this question for you. This will be the last one of our Batman special. Awesome. Rank what you would want. There are four options. And you rank what you'd want. Okay. And the options are. A fifth. A Batman 5 in the Nolan Schumacher series, a Christopher Nolan Batman 4, or a Ben Affleck solo Batman movie, or the Batman 2. So you can rank. You have the option to yeah. choose any of them.
0: What was this? Uh, can you say them again?
1: There's the fifth Burton Schumacher Batman movie, there's the fourth Christopher Nolan Batman movie a solo Ben Affleck Batman movie or Matt Reeves' second Batman movie?
2: Okay. Uh, I mean, you're going to...
0: We're going to just have to agree to disagree on this. My number <laughs> one is going to have to be uh, second Reeves' Batman movie.
2: Okay. Um,
0: it, it just deserves more than just one. You know, I
1: disagree, but Okay.
0: Yeah, I didn't
1: think he deserved a first one, but OK. <laughs>
0: um, and yeah, number two would be a fifth Burton. I. Yeah, because Joel yeah. is no longer here. <laughs> yeah, I should have said Burton Schumacher for the for yeah. the credit, but yes, it would, a it would be the original
1: series. <laughs> mm hmm.
0: Uh, then I would do solo Ben Affleck. That's, uh, yeah, that's something I wanted to see. I like Ben Affleck as Batman. Uh, and I totally get the wish for maybe instead having his version of that with him starring in it. That's an appealing idea. It's just not my number one. Uh, the last would be Nolan. Uh, in theory, it would be awesome because, like, you know, maybe we could get something that feels more like the sequel to The Dark Knight. Like maybe there's lightning in a bottle again. But you know, I just I don't trust that necessarily because we would have we'd have to be leading off from The Dark Knight Rises.
1: Yes, unless you had Flash undo The <laughs> Dark Knight Rises. Yeah.
0: Like a fourth movie, like uh, uh, it's bad. Two Point Five. Unless you 2. totally 5. rise
1: a Skywalker did and pretend that the previous one didn't <laughs> happen.
0: Yeah. Um, so yeah, that's my fourth.
1: Yes. So my ranking would be number one would be a fifth film in the Burton Schumacher series. Number two would be the Ben Affleck solo Batman movie. Number three would be the second Matt Reeves Batman movie. And number four in last place would be a fourth Christopher Nolan Batman movie. And I say that, why did I save that one for last? Because in a way, if you think about it, our top three are actually going to happen.
2: Yeah. Um, Yeah. You live in
1: that timeline where they're happening.
0: Or at least being a scene. That is totally true. That's why, part of me, it did feel cheap to put, uh, I mean, it felt a little cheap to put uh, the Reeves one uh, first because I'm like, If I get to wish, I mean, this one is already happening, but you're right that they all three are happening, so.
1: Yes. So, we'll go to our final thoughts. I will go with mine first, so you can end it more positively. (laughs) Okay. All right. Despite doing a great job of adapting the Batman character, I felt the movie was very poorly executed. However, I am hopeful that Reeves will learn from the mistakes he made on this one and prove in the sequel. And I strongly believe next, the next Batman movie is giving an adaptation of no man's land. And if that's what he's going for, I'm rooting for him. I'm rooting for him. Like for me, this didn't kill the franchise. Like, um, like man of steel or Spider-Man homecoming. Like Mm -hmm. there's enough, like I'll be honest this Tuesday, the Blu-ray comes out. I'll get it. You know, whenever I do my Batman summer, July a thon, I'll watch it, but it's like it's like Pam when she's talking about going to the hospital. I'll get there. Yeah. And if I don't get there, I don't get there. Yeah. <laughs> but <laughs> you know, it's it's not offensive. Like there is some good stuff in there. I really hope that it improves in the sequel. So there we go. With my final thoughts for the All Batman.
0: Right. All right. My final thoughts. <clears throat> yeah, despite a couple of major, just big head scratcher, like plot moments and like confusing, like waste of time sort of uh, moments where that kind of feel like it kind of there are moments where it's just like if I feel like you had to have known you had something really, really special, and if you just would have massaged it a little bit more to work out some of these clearly imperfect parts of of the plot and um, that just keep it from being a perfect movie. Um, despite that, um, I still overall think it was really great, um because, um, These uh, were ultimately uh, smaller moments that were somewhat ignorable in the grand scheme of what I think was, uh, to repeat what I said at the beginning, an excellent example of world building and the use of film as a visual art um, with tons of mystery and atmosphere and uh, time to let things breathe It's, honestly, I'll close it by saying this, and I think this is one of the reasons why I rewatched it again. It could end up being something close to a comfort movie for me, because it's just, it it knows what it is, it's got its specific feeling, and you can just kind of put it on and just be along for the ride. And be taken to this rainy, rainy place that you don't want to be in. Of course, but you do want to watch it because there's something darkly beautiful about it. Uh, and that's that's my thoughts on the Batman.
1: Yeah. So I get well, real quick because I did just think of this. Mm-hmm. Um, if I were to rank the Batman movies, this would be my second least favorite. Like, I'd put it, it goes Batman versus Superman, then um, the Batman, then all the way down to the bowels of hell as the Dark Knight Rises.
2: <laughs> yeah.
1: So, I guess, where would you rank it? In like, I guess there's, you don't have to go through a whole list of, of movies but where right now is it sitting for you i it's guess funny where would it you could, put it near in terms of levels
0: it's it's funny because it, it could be opposite because it could be my second favorite <laughs> um oh, <wow. laughs> uh and i think the only thing keeping me from calling it my favorite because like there are definitely some uh there's a lot of similarity to the to the dark night uh in terms of the reasons why i like it but um uh, I think that it's been a little while uh, t- since I've seen The Dark Knight, but um, I feel like it's undeniable that I, I like I don't have those same grievances with The Dark Knight that I do have with The Batman. The feel of it, the version of Gotham, possibly even the version of Batman, I do think is better in The Batman. But I just, uh, there are just these lingering threads that make me feel like I would have to put The Dark Knight at at the top. Um, But in terms of like uh, uh, what I want in a Batman movie, and like the fact that it's almost tough to rank it as a Batman movie because of what I like it. For has it has more in common with other movies, but in terms of like if I were to rank them by stars and then order them, I think it would be number two. And there's another poop joke to end it out. Oh, Huck! You th- you I'm think so it's number <laughs> you <laughs> think it's number two, and I think it's number two as in the second best.
1: I that is crazy. <laughs>
0: Right, look, that I'm, is what happens. I'm struggling to not say that this is the best because I really am really? excited. It's just, I think it's just a, a taste. Like, obviously, I don't have as much, quite as much attachment to the character. And, like, it's the things that it might not necessarily do justice for being a, a Batman movie. I just think it does injustice for being, I'm using the word justice a lot, for just being. Yeah a movie. I mean again a lot of things we talked about. I think it's a taste thing where I'm okay with narratives not being strong in favor of other things in the movie. Yeah, um, like for
1: me if I this is a great Batman adaptation, I just think it's a bad movie.
0: Yeah, um yeah, it's just one of like I just it, Messy plots and stuff never bother me. It's just not the point of a movie to me. So, um, yeah, I, I think that there's so much that it does so, so well. And that's kind of what I'm basing it on. All
1: right, guys, so there we go with our special of The Batman. You know, back when we started this show, well, yeah, five years ago, I never thought we were going to do a special on this movie. Cause I never thought it was actually going to (laughs) happen. Yeah. I mean, back when we started this show, we were told Ben Affleck was going to star in it. Mm -hmm. So yeah. It's been a while, but yet we finally got there five years later. Took a long, long time for a very long, long movie, but there (laughs) we go. And guys, as we wrap this up, always remember, because you know, Gotham City Is a very tall place Very high buildings everywhere You never know what could happen And one day you could just be Walking, tripping, fall out a window And you're falling and falling And falling And you're realizing why is Batman not coming Because you haven't just fallen past Gotham City You've fallen into That rabbit hole And you're going to keep falling down that rabbit hole
2: Oh, yes.